What's that, Jason? I said, yay! Yay! Yeah, I know. Same. That's how I felt about it. Don't don't worry. It's only it's only like 15 pages long. Don't worry. Okay, hey everybody, if I could have your attention, uh, you've probably noticed that Keith is not here. Uh, that's because he is out celebrating his birthday today. Uh, so I think everybody should send him texts or, or messages or something wishing him a happy birthday. Uh, I, I'm told he's like 65 or something. It's, it's, it's uh, 23, maybe 20. He acts like it. <laughs> um, so he is 45. I, I wasn't going to call him out like that. All right, so um, he asked if uh, if anybody would uh, would take a step forward to to, lead, to preach this week, and I looked around, and everybody else took a step back. So you've got me this week. Sorry. Um, let's kick it off uh, real quick, and uh, just take a second and and pray to our Father, Lord. Thank you for today. I thank you for this time to gather with my family and to sit at your feet for a little while. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. And I ask, Lord, that whatever words come out of my mouth will be yours but and not mine, and your will be done. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Um, so I struggled with this sermon. Um, not the not the words I would I would say or or the text that it's on, but just the fact of having to be up here doing this. If anybody isn't aware, I'm really uncomfortable public speaking, and um, the the times that I've I've preached here, it's it's been everything from standing here staring off in the distance, hoping for words to come to to my mind, or reading from a children's Bible, like you know, kind of everything in between. Um, thank you, thank you. Well, so <laughs> irony. Um, so. Um, each time I've, I've done it, I've gotten really, really like stressed out, fretted over it, worried over it. Um, which, you know, so when I'm at home, I, when I'm doing the dishes, I put my headphones in and I turn the Bible app on and it reads, uh, the ESV version to me. And the guy who does the voice of the ESV version in the Bible app, his voice is like velvet. I mean, it just makes the words pop out at me and I, I just love listening to it. So I'll listen to that and scrub dishes, and in my head, I'll, I'll imagine them, like, you know, delivering a, a, a sermon somewhere and, you know, thundering away, and, and the crowd is just riveted to me and, and, you know, convicting hearts, changing lives, all that kind of stuff. And then Keith asks me to come up here, and it just crashes around me that I am really awkward at this, and, and I get really stressed out, and it just it comes out really awkward. But as it happens, God has a plan that doesn't include necessarily what I want. When Keith mentioned a few weeks ago needing someone, he didn't tell me it was going to be this hot up here today. Um, I, I was hoping that somebody else would, would jump up at the chance. Um, one, so that uh, I wouldn't have to feel bad. And two, I wouldn't have to uh, you know, feel that leading feeling. You know, you know, that feeling inside like you know you're supposed to do something, but you really don't want to. But it just kind of keeps pushing, keeps pushing. Um, so he, uh, he didn't get anybody for a few days and he kind of sent a reminder nudge like, Hey, I still need some help. Anybody? And well, I asked, what's the text going to be on? And he says, uh, do not be anxious. Matthew six passage. I replied, irony. I've been anxious about this ever since he mentioned it to the group. And honestly for years, because again, I mean, those that have seen me up here, I'm, I'm, it, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Um, so 
the week that I'm asked to, to preach, I'm going to need that. The week that I'm asked to preach, it's about being anxious. Irony. So, we, uh, those that haven't been around, um, we've been to Matthew 6, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, for the last several weeks. And this week, we're at the end of, Matt, of uh, chapter 6. It's basically the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. In my Bible, it has a title over this passage that reads, Do Not Be Anxious. So I'm going to read that real quick. This is uh, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and your, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies in the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for, for the day is its own trouble. I've recently started saying that last one uh, to Cora. Sorry, that was probably terrible. For the first time ever, I wish there weren't wind up here. So, yeah, I've started saying that last part to Cora occasionally, um, that, uh, you know, do not worry about tomorrow, for t tomorrow will worry about itself. But it's hard, though, isn't it, not worrying about tomorrow? I mean... The cares and concerns never seem to stop. Do I have enough? Will I be able to get enough tomorrow? But maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's the, the point God is trying to get us to listen to. I mean, is enough really a thing? Like, if you have as much as you can hold, don't you start thinking about how you can get it into your pocket so you can hold more? Or, like, I figured out early on in life at, like, family Thanksgivings, once the plate is full, you have to start layering up. Uh, and you got to figure out, you know, which order because you can't put the bread underneath the, the beans or something. So, um, so, so what, what's this anxiety for? What's, you know, is, is it possible that it's, it's God trying to help us? Well, in my case, it drove me to study the Bible more, to pray more this week and to prepare for this message. What does your anxiety push you towards or better yet, how could it be pushing you closer to God? Remember, God takes care of us. He never did give Keith that Lamborghini that you've you've heard him ask for. Uh, he hasn't given me. The, I haven't won the lottery yet. Uh, I haven't played, but I haven't won. Um, but and sometimes God gives us those those big extravagant gifts. But usually it's the little things. It's it's the things that don't seem to completely cover what we're worried about long term. But if we we sit back, it, it it's enough to cover today. Uh, when the Hebrews were wandering through the desert for 40 years, 
Uh, you'll find in Exodus 16 talking about the manna, the bread from heaven. The Hebrews were told to gather a single day's worth. This is from Exodus 16. They gathered some, some they gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it out with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as they could as he could eat. And Moses said to them, "Let no one leave any of it over till the morning." But they, ah, it won't help. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. A couple of verses later, it says, On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, Keith preached on the passage where the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, and he, he answers with the Lord's Prayer. And in it, uh, he, there's a line of, uh, uh, give us this day our daily bread. He was talking specifically and directly to uh, that Old Testament time um, that the, to the people who had the opportunity and were, were learning the, the opportunity to trust God for their daily bread. But he's also speaking directly and specifically to us today for that exact same reason, uh, just to trust, to trust that God, that God can and will and does take care of us. Perhaps not how we would want to be taken care of sometimes, perhaps not the way we would think is best, but perhaps the way that's the best to help us to learn to trust. So I want to read those, uh, those last chapters, uh, verses of chapter 6 from the message version. It's paraphrased, but it just adds a different look to it. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. They have never seen color, but you have never seen color and design quite like it. The ten best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives so much attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think that he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now 
and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So I've got to uh, tell another kid story real quick. I don't know where Kellen went. Um, there he is. So a few weeks ago, we, we he's not even aware I'm talking about him. We went to that Splash Adventure place over in Bessemer. And the first thing we did when we got there, um, there's this this massive slide. It's got like these six lanes. You go through a tunnel and you come out racing down the steep slide. And Kellen wants to do this. Shocked all of us. So he and I go up to the top, and at the top, there's this little, like, yardstick thing. You know, stand stand in front of it, you must be this tall. I mean, he's four inches shorter than that thing. There's no way he's tall enough. But the the very sweet uh, woman working the ride up at the top, she she says, hey, baby, uh, come stand next to this. I'd been, like, trying to keep him away from it so that, you know, maybe she wouldn't notice that he's, like, half as tall. And uh, so he goes and he stands next to it. And, I mean, he's he's clearly short. Like, there's no no chance. She kind of squats down to like change the angle, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. I lean over and I said, hey, bud, think tall. And he stretches up and, you know, up on his tiptoes and everybody laughs. And she says, okay, buddy, which lane do you want? It was awesome. So most of us, though, can't actually add inches to our life. So let me repeat one of the lines. Give attention to what God is doing right now. I have to occasionally tell Cora to stop living, looking so far forward. We went to, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I guess, we went um, to the Chattanooga Zoo, which it's a great zoo. It's a lot smaller. Our zoo here is, we, we looked it up, and ours is like 120 acres or something, and I have no idea how to think of how big that is. It's like 93 football fields. Um, and the Chattanooga Zoo is 13 acres. It's like 10 football fields. It's a lot smaller. But... They have, I mean, it's it's laid out really well. They have animals we don't have, exhibits we don't have. It's it's, it's a really great time. Um, Cora spends exactly 2.3 seconds at every exhibit, and she's off to the next one. I mean, just immediately. Like, we haven't even seen the animal in the in the, the little cage yet, and she's already off to the next one. And some of that is because she was seven years old at the time. Uh, some of that is because that's just life today. Like, we live in the future. We have to. Um, my work calendar tells me all the meetings I have from now until the end of time. Um, but sometimes we need to slow down and look at the exhibit right in front of us. Maybe it's someone who needs to know God loves them, even if you're not sure you love them. Just throw that out there. Maybe it's you have the ability to fill a need for a friend that would give them a vacation, even though it's really uncomfortable and awkward for you. Or maybe it's just the opportunity to feel the love of a father so caring that even if you won't give him any of your time or energy, he still cares for you enough to know the number of hairs on your head. So to poke fun at Keith, in closing, I want to add this thought. At the end of the passage from the message, it read, Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. When we give up that control, or the illusion of that control, the, the worries, the stress, when we give that to God, when we stop thinking about what we have or don't have, or what we're missing out on, we'll see that our everyday human concerns are met. And I needed to hear that this week. God happened to work it so that this week is the week that this was the message that I needed to write. So... 
Let us pray. God, thank you for caring for us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing for us. Lord, help us to not hear that and immediately think about what we haven't gotten, either in our excess or in our lack, but help us to just sit back and trust in you, in your provision, and your love for us. Lord, with all the things to worry about in the world today, help us stay focused on you, steeped in your God reality, when, not if, we find ourselves moving too fast from one exhibit to the next or from one uncomfortable situation to the next. Help us seek you in that moment. Help us listen as you try to teach us how and teach us and show us how to trust you. I pray, Lord, that you will guide us, keep us, make your face to shine upon us, and draw us ever closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so y'all hang out. We'll get started in the letters in just a few minutes.